0: Our Bible reading is from John 15, beginning to read at verse 9. This is Jesus speaking. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And you are my friends, if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. We're continuing to look at the life of the church as part of our Why Church series. And today we're looking at the whole area of leading and leadership. And I'm conscious that there are so many online Christian leadership courses and schools and academies and teachings. And in the short time that I have, I'm certainly not going to add another one. Good leadership is essential. We all know that. Being equipped with leadership strategy and skills is important. We all need that. But there is a fundamental aspect to Christian leadership that can often be overlooked or sidelined, and that is character. And we all cannot do without it. General Norman Schwarzkopf, commander of the coalition forces in the Gulf War of 1991, said these words. Leadership is a potent combination of strategy and character. But if you must be without one, be without strategy. So in the time that I have, I want us to focus on the character aspect of leadership in the church. And if you like, the Bible sums it up in one word, love. 1 Corinthians 13, we can preach with the most eloquent words. We can be equipped with the most amazing gifts. We can perform the most amazing supernatural signs and wonders. But as Paul writes, if we have not love, we are nothing. And if we have not love, it profits us nothing. You know, the key to any and every leadership role in the church, outside the church, is love. And a phrase that sums this up, and I I hope this will be catchy enough for each one of us to remember and apply this, is this. Loving to lead and leading in love. Loving to lead and leading in love. Just say that to yourself. Loving to lead and leading in love. Loving to lead. In other words, We need to be loving in order to lead people to Jesus and into the freedom and the life that he has for them. Love has to be the source and the reason for us wanting to lead people to Jesus and to take on leadership roles in the church, not power or control or recognition or titles, all of these things that can make us feel good and important. And then there's leading in love. In other words, if we want to be those who lead people to the love of Jesus. We have to learn to be those who first are led into his love. We cannot lead where we have not been. And we certainly cannot lead in love if we don't know the depths of God's love for us. And so I want us to look at this in the context of John 15, that passage I've just read. And the truths that we see here about loving one another as Jesus has loved us, the realities we discover here about greater love has no one than this to lay down his life for his friends. And then the intimacy that we share here when we do these things that Jesus commands us, that we love one another, verses 14 and 17. And so the first question is, what is this kind of love that Jesus is speaking about? Well, I'm sure many of you know this, that in the Greek there are four main words for love. There's philio love, which represents more of a a tender affection, a friendship love. Then there's storge love, which is all about preference. I prefer, I love chocolate over cheese, which is true. Um, Interesting enough, in the New Testament, actually this word is only used in the negative, being unloving or heartless, Romans 1.31 as an example. Then there's the third kind of love eros where we get the word erotic that is a sexual attraction sexual passion actually this word is not used in the new testament yet it's what the world then and the world now would have us to believe this is what love is and then there's the fourth word agape love the god kind of love the word the greeks actually rarely used but this word Fills the pages of the New Testament as it does in this passage in John 15. It's a self giving love, a self sacrificing love. It's an unconditional love. It's the highest kind of love that any of us can know and experience. There's a story about a pastor in a church in America who was about to start his sermon when he briefly introduced a visiting minister to the congregation. He said that this visitor was one of his dearest childhood friends and accordingly asked him to come and say a few words. With that, an elderly man walked to the pulpit and he told a story. He said this, a father, his son and a friend of his son were sailing off the Pacific coast when a fierce storm hit them and the three of them were swept into the sea as the boat capsized. Grabbing a rescue line, the father had to make the most painful decision of his life who was he to throw the lifeline to the father knew that his son was a christian and that the boy's friend was not the father yelled out i love you to his boy as he threw the line to the boy's friend pulling him to safety while his son disappeared beneath the waves the father knew his son would step into eternity with jesus but couldn't bear the thought of his friend stepping into eternity without Jesus. Therefore, he sacrificed his son to save the son's friend. Concluding the story, the visitor said, How great is God's love for us that he gave his only son that we should be rescued to take hold of the lifeline that the father is throwing you in this service tonight. Well, with that, the old man finished, and the pastor took his place in the pulpit, and he preached his message. At the end of the meeting, some teenagers came up to the visitor. They'd actually looked unimpressed throughout the man's story and responded, and had not responded to the appeal. And they said to him, well, that wasn't a very realistic story. No dad would ever do
1: that. Well, you've got a point, said the visitor
0: but I'm standing here tonight to tell you that this story gives me personally a great glimpse into Father God's love for us. You see, I was that father, and your pastor here
1: is my son's friend. Wow, what incredible agape love.
0: You know, when Jesus speaks about love in this passage, This is the kind of love he's referring to, knowing that soon, more than anyone before him or anyone after him, he would lovingly and he would sacrificially be laying down his life on the cross for the world, so that whoever would take hold of the lifeline in faith would be rescued for eternity. The greatest leader of all time, revealing the greatest character requirement any of us can possess, an agape love that is willing to lay down all for another. See, the disciples at the time clearly didn't realise this. They were distracted by their own fear and caught up in their own anxieties, but they certainly discovered this later. But it's as if Jesus was saying to them, and he's saying to us, before you even think about being leaders in the kingdom of God, Before you even begin to imagine what leadership looks like in the context in which you've been chosen, there is a character requirement that is fundamental to everything you are and everything you do for the sake of the gospel, and that is having an agape love for God and for each other. A love, as we see in this passage, that is abiding and serving and giving and bearing and obeying. And I just want to briefly touch on these five things, because if we grasp them and if we apply them to our lives, any leadership role we have in the church will be transformed because of God's love for us. And so this loving to lead and leading in love is a love, firstly, that is abiding. Verse nine, as the father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love, Jesus says. You know, this is incredible. We are loved with the same eternal and unconditional love that the Father, Son and Holy Spirit have for each other. And that invitation is for us to abide in this love. You know, this word abide, it means to dwell, to stay, to remain, to be present. You know, the starting point and the ending and everything in between when it comes to leadership in the church
1: is love. God is love. And
0: those who live in love live in God and God lives in them. That was a verse that transformed my life when I was age 18 and received Jesus into my life and gave him my heart saying, I will serve you wherever you lead me. You see, whatever role we have, and we all have a leadership role as believers, we have to ensure that we're abiding in God's love and we're not working or operating out of anything other than his love for us and our love for him. A love that is abiding. But then there's a love that is serving. You know, someone once said, if service is beneath us, then leadership is beyond us. Ouch. If service is beneath us, then leadership is beyond us. And it's true, isn't it? You see, godly leading requires a heart of service. And Jesus himself said, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve, Mark 10, 45. And in this agape love for those he encountered, he modelled this kind of love perfectly. You know, unfortunately, in some ways, there's no exception here. There's no let out course for any of us not serving one another in love or any time that we don't serve. Jesus is clear. Love one another as I have loved you. And what did he do for us in his love? Well, as we see in the Gospels, he met us in our place of need. He got down on his knees and he dried our tears. He washed our feet and he went out of his way to save us from being lost. He healed us and he fed us. And ultimately, he carried our burdens and our sins upon himself on the cross that we might be forgiven and set free. This is the kind of love that is serving. And this is the love we all need to lead others to Jesus. And so I just want to say, if you're not serving in the church right now, talk to a leader, share your heart, ask the Holy Spirit, and he will show you. But this is for each one of us. A love that is abiding, a love that is serving. And then there is a love that is giving. Verse 13, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. I'm sure you're the same, but this story of the pastor, his son and his friend, literally causes me pain every time I hear it. I literally find it unbearable to imagine being in that situation of choosing between my child and another. But in different
1: ways. I have discovered over the years that this Giving
0: love is a love that grows. In other words, there's always more for us to give sacrificially and unconditionally. See, Jesus is looking to us to be willing to give more. Greater love means there is a greater love to be revealed and a greater love to be shared. And again, as leaders, God is looking for that greater love in us to flow out of us, to
1: those he's called us to. And then
0: there is a love that is bearing. And you know the beauty of agape love is that it always bears fruit. Please hear me when I say that, it always bears fruit. You see in his great love for us, as Jesus says here in this passage in verse 16, he appointed us that we should go and bear fruit that our fruit should remain and that whatever we ask the Father in his name, he may give to us. You know, too many Christian leaders, and I know this has been me at different points in my ministry, but too many of us are more concerned with numbers or attendance or size or resources or looking impressive or professional, whatever it is, rather than nurturing a culture of agape love in our midst and trusting the Lord. With the fruit. You know, fruitfulness in the kingdom doesn't always look like what we hope it to be. And yet, when we love with an agape love, there is always fruit that lasts and remains. This is God's promise to us.
1: And then finally, a love that is obeying.
0: When it comes to agape love, obedience is key. Verse 17, these things Jesus says, I command you. We're commanded that you love one another. And I'm sure we all wish at times that Jesus had not said these words, especially coming across certain people. Some people are harder to love than others, but the character of leadership rests not only in abiding and serving and giving and bearing fruit, but in obeying. Obeying God's word obeying God's ways and obeying God's will, which for us is agape love. Now you may say to me, well, I thought this talk was about leadership and you've not said much about leading and leadership. You've not said much about what it is to expand leadership or what it is to release leaders or what it is to develop strategies and structures, what it is to assimilate people into church, what it is to create space for growth, what it is to nurture culture and so on. And it's true, I haven't. And in response to that, I would like to say, whilst all of those things are great, And there are some great courses that delight in covering these topics, and we've done that at different points over the years as a church. But what I have shared with you is everything that God wants us to be as leaders, namely those who are loving in leading and willing to lead in love. You know, our world, our our island, our community, our neighbourhood, our family, our friends. Actually, they don't need to hear more eloquent rhetoric and brilliant strategies and political promises and all of these kind of things. They need to know and they need to hear about God's agape love for themselves. How people are desperate to know God's agape love for themselves. And they need to know that there is a place, and we call it church, we call it the Ecclesia, we call it the body of Christ, where this kind of abiding and serving and giving and bearing and obeying love can not only be seen and witnessed, but encountered and enjoyed. So the ultimate calling of Christian leadership on all of our lives is to lovingly lead people Jesus, and for them to know
1: such agape love for themselves. Let's pray. Father God, we, we ask
0: for your forgiveness for those times when we've taken our eye off the ball, when it comes to leading in love. And when it comes to your agape love that you call us into and you ask us to share with one another, please forgive us. And we pray for each one of us that you would lead us more into your love. To know the depths of your love for us day by day so that we can love more in our leading and ultimately leading those around us to you to the Lord Jesus, for them to discover for themselves the amazing love you have for them.
1: Fill us afresh. Saturate us with your love that we would shine for you and live for you in this love. And we ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today
0: and it's been great to be with you our prayers are very much with you especially those who are in lockdown and struggling with the current situation, and we just pray God's blessing upon you, that you would know his blessing, his protection, his peace upon you and upon your family at this time. And So as I draw this service to a close, let me just pray God's blessing upon you and receive this. And the word blessing, it, it incorporates both the delight of the Father upon us, but also his healing presence his protection, his provision, his goodness upon us. And so may the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace now and always. Amen. Amen. Well, have a wonderful rest of the the day and week and We look forward to you joining us soon. Take care. God
1: bless. Bye.